see if it's black, it's recording. If it's white, it's not. Uh, if it's blank, it is recording. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if, if it's if it's black like that, it's recording. But it, but oh. if it's a white background, it's not. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? Okay. No, I got you. Oh, okay. And then right now, if you see the red, that means it's recording. Right.
right, we've taken prayer requests on this uh, March 14th, <laughs> 2021. So we're gonna ask Brother Mickey to pray over them if he would. He has a better memory than I do. <laughs> thank you, Father, for the day. Lord, thank you for the showers this morning to, to wet our land. Now we pray for the Holy Spirit, Lord, your presence and your anointing today. Lord, as we look into your word, study it together. Lord, this morning we are in need. And Father, we just asked your hand to reach down and touch Sherry's daughter. Lord, you see the pain. You see the hurt, Lord. But bring back to her memory, Heavenly Father, those days of camp when she gave her life to you. Father, bring back the, the, the idea of your saving grace and your loving presence in her life today. Lord, heal her body. Heal her mind, give her strength and wisdom and understanding of your precious word, Lord. We lift up Paul to you today, Father, for your goodness and your love and your mercy. Touch his shoulder, Father. Anoint him from the crown of his head, Lord, to the soles of his feet with your presence and with your healing touch. Lord, we just thank you that you have ministered unto him now. Heal him completely, Lord, that he would be able to go back to work sooner than what they're saying lord in your name we ask it lord we lift up mary alice to you today lord and ask your hand to continue to touch her lord anoint her eyes lord to clear them up heavenly father that she would see clearly your vision for her life for your guidance and your direction in her life father give her strength and healing in her body mind and spirit today lord we ask you to touch this friend of of uh, brother phillips Lord, in New Mexico, Heavenly Father, give him strength. Lord, minister to him. Be with the doctors, Heavenly Father, as they rightly diagnose his, his symptoms. Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord, for your healing touch. For by your blood, we are washed, cleansed, and made whole. You bore the stripes, Heavenly Father, for our healing today. We ask you to touch Danny today, Lord. Minister to him in the fullness of your presence. Father, Lord, you know the situation better than Danny does. Lord, we know that you care, that you are aware, Lord, and we ask your presence to be with him. Bless this class today. Anoint the Brother Philip as he brings the word. Lord, help us to see visuals of your love and your strength and your power and the reasoning for the, the seasons of, we, of our lives. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good prayer. I forgot to mention my sister's husband also needs prayer. Dennis, you know, is his name, and he uh, he has some sores on his legs. She said that are bleeding. So remember him in prayer. They they've been going through a lot. And the, uh, they call him the the hurt couple or something. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, call yourselves the healed couple. <laughs> she said, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they, they both love the Lord and are filled with the Spirit and serving God. And uh, the enemy likes to come in like a flood sometimes, but the Spirit of God will lift up a standard against him. Uh, I don't know you filled out your uh, homework, but uh, I, I, some of you got this and some of you may have not. Uh, the wars of extermination is what we're talking about, of course, today on our regular unit concerning difficult passages in the Bible. And this has been a stumbling block to a lot of Christians sometimes, especially if they're not really rooted in the word. And even evangelists that are rooted in the word, such as uh, Brother Billy Graham's friend that, that held crusades and everything and was, was used of God in a mighty way toward the end there when he looked at all the wars going on and things like that, he just gave up on whether there is a God even, you know. And it's, it was really sad because Billy Graham tried to get him to believe again, but uh, he just said, I just can't do it. And uh, I, I trust he made his peace with God before he passed on, because he did pass on already. Templeton was his name. Did Some of you. Black, I no, I don't think he was black. He, you know. 
But in, anyway, um, this is what a lot of people stumble over when they read in the Old Testament about God telling his people to go in there and kill every man, woman, and child, you know. And uh, so they, um, they stumble over that, those passages. And so we're looking at the difficult passage a scripture where God told the Israelites to completely destroy nations that occupied the land he had promised to his people. But we must remember that God's ways are higher than ours, and he always has reasons for the instructions he gives. When I was in Bible college at Southwestern, uh, we we discussed this topic, and, and my I think it was um, Brother Moon, he was one of my teachers, and he, he said that God uses different ways of judgment. Sometimes he may send uh, a flood or, uh, and all these uh, plagues, you know, we read about and that he sent to Egypt, and, uh, but other times he uses the sword of Joshua as and so this was um, a judgment is what it's talking about here. And, of course, we know if, as you begin reading in the book of Genesis that you don't get past five or six chapters before there's a situation where God's going to have to wipe out the whole population of the whole earth. And uh, they lived a long time back then. Most of them lived to be 800 or so, and so they had a lot of children and so we don't know exactly how much that population was that was destroyed in the flood but it could have been in the billions really because like I said they lived a long time but whenever you read of God sending judgment you'll also read about his mercy and how that he will give them time to repent they had 120 years to repent and get into that ark as Mo, uh, not Moses, but as Noah preached to them. And um, so uh, that's the way with God's judgment. He always gives an opportunity to repent and get right with God where they won't have to face the judgment or at least be protected from it, like in the case of Noah's ark. And so um, God loves people. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we, it's hard to reconcile a God of love, especially when we know, as our pastor's been talking about, God is love, and that is true. But at, at heaven, the angels are not surrounding the throne saying, love, love, love. But they're saying holy, 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 because not only is God love, but God is holy. And uh, he has to punish the wicked when they go against him. And uh, so if we notice our first scripture, I'm going to go ahead and read that with all these eyes. By the way, I'm going to pass out a map for you of Canaan before the conquest which shows you where all these ites lived <laughs> in uh, Deuteronomy the uh, seventh chapter of Deuteronomy And beginning with verse 1 through 6. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee. This is Moses, of course, talking to Israel. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it. And hath cast out many nations before thee. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations 
greater and mightier than you are. Uh, and when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughters thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter unto your son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. But thou shalt deal with them, ye shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all peoples that upon the face of the earth. So uh, Moses is prophesying there before they even go into the promised land what they're going to be facing when they take over Canaan. And so as you look at your map there, you can see where all these were located approximately um, when they went into the land. And what was interesting to me as I looked at the map is that if you'll see, you have split on some of these, um, a lot of them. Uh, you have Canaanites down there by the River Jordan, and then you have Canaanites up there by the great uh, Mediterranean Sea. Uh, same with Amorites. You have the Amorites all along the west coast there, but then you also have them on the other side of the Dead Sea is Amorites. And so um, this will help, and Hittites. Hittites are down there in the south, but they're also up there in the north, if you can notice uh, on your map. So uh, keep those maps in your Bible because we'll probably be referring to them again. And so they suggest that you do that. Um, our key verse is Ephesians 6.12, a familiar verse. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. <coughs> our central truth is God enables us to live victoriously over evil. But we are in the army of the Lord. And uh, so that's why in Ephesians 6, especially, it gives you the um, way to dress in, for battle in the army of the Lord. So we'll pass those out, too, while we're talking about that. If any of you like to color, you can color them. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a soldier there that uh, would be in the Roman army. And uh, poor Paul, you know, he was chained to sh soldiers. Uh, I had a trouble saying soldier when I was little. I always said shoulder instead of soldier. Um, I still have trouble. <laughs> so I had to watch it uh, that I don't say shoulder instead of soldier. But anyway, um, it, it gives the breakdown there as you find in Ephesians 6 about your uh, armor that you're to have on. I like what our pastor said. It never says to take it off. So we should always have it on, right? He just said put it on, and it didn't say to ever take it off. And, of course, all these represent Christ. He's the word of God. He's the truth. He's righteousness. He's salvation. So another place, Paul just said put on the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you'll have the armor of God. And uh, so uh, that's a good chart that they give you on that. 
God's rules of engagement that he gave to the Israelites sometimes differed from what we might expect. While they seem harsh, we will look at some of his reasons for them and the consequences of not obeying them. Because as we read there, if you don't get rid of them, they're going to influence you into idolatry or your children. And so um, usually the whole family was involved with idolatry. If you read in Ezekiel, it talks how that the women will make cakes unto this idol and and the men do this and the children do that. So, so this is why the whole family had to be destroyed because they were all idolatrous. Uh, yeah, idolaters. That's what I wanted. Idolaters. And uh, they would influence. And of course, we know that's what happened. The children of Israel went into idolatry by not destroying all the, the Canaanites as God told them to do. And also, under Moses, he said, don't make any covenant or treaty with them. And we know that that happened when they, they didn't uh, ask God about it. They went ahead and made a treaty with, they thought, somebody that was way off a ways because they brought moldy bread and, you know, they deceived them into thinking they'd come a long ways when really they were almost next door, uh, the Gibbonites. I noticed it didn't mention Gibeah uh, on that chart there, but they were somewhere pretty close to where the Israelites were were around Jericho, you know, when they first came into Canaan. And, uh, of course, that made a, a lot of the neighbors mad at the Gibeonites for this not on deceiving Israel, but for making a treaty with Israel. And so they, they got together as a coalition, and then and, and they attacked Gibeah. And so Gibeah said, we're, we're under your treaty. You know, you need to come help us. And uh, so we had that story in Joshua where, where uh, they had this battle uh, to protect the Gibeonites, and uh, that's when... Joshua said the sun was going down and they, they would uh, not be able to keep fighting, so he asked God to cause the sun to stand still. And it, it stood still almost a whole day. And so uh, you think you're off by one hour. It was way off that <laughs> when the sun stood still for almost a whole day. Um, so anyway... Uh, we go on to see in verse 16 of that chapter, And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall not have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto you. So that's God gives a reason why they need to annihilate them because it would become a snare unto them. And uh, <coughs> we know in the book of Judges, they did not defeat all of them with, when they needed to. So it was, it was uh, what we call partial obedience. In Judges 1.28 there, um, it says, it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites and so forth. They go down, um, a lot of them that were not destroyed when God told them through Moses to destroy them all. And uh, in chapter 2, 1 through 5, it says, The angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal, and said, I made you to go out of Egypt, have brought you onto the land, which I swear unto your fathers. And I said to you, I will never break my covenant with you. Ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? 
Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept, and they called the name of that place Bachan, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. Okay, so uh, that was 2, 1 through 5. Then you skip down to the 10th verse, and it says, And all the, also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, how sad, nor yet the works which he had done for them. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, uh, the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth, which were sex gods, really, and look what has happened to America, how that we have a generation coming up that, that uh, doesn't know the Lord and they, they don't know the word of God. And uh, it's a sad thing. <coughs> the communist leader Stalin, I think it was, said one time, we can take over America if we can get one generation to not follow the Lord and, and, and the path of God's word. And this is happening. So we really need to pray for our nation. Amen. Because we're, <coughs> we're not wholly obedient unto the Lord as a nation, for sure. Okay, where was I in this? Um, So the critical reason lies with what is at stake if they fail to obey. They will be seduced by the people of the land into serving other gods. And we know that's what happened according to history. And so uh, both Israel and Judah went into captivity. As a result, Israel went into captivity in, uh, to Assyria and <coughs> Judah to Babylon. <coughs> so, uh, such adultery, idolatry would demand God's judgment on his own people, just as the Canaanites were being judged. So, God's retributive justice we see that God was punishing them for sins so blatant and severe that they call for him to punish them severely to uphold his standards of divine justice so Moses called upon Israel to remember about the Amalekites who mistreated them as they came up from Egypt and uh, at that time Moses and Joshua led a successful military campaign against them and declared perpetual war against Amalek, Amalek. Um, so that was all in part one there about the qualified destruction, uh, no, the mandate for such wars, the mandate to total annihilation and the mandate of action. And then we see also in two, the execution of such wars uh, and how that they were to destroy all of them, but it was instead partial obedience, just like with King Saul, you know. God told Saul through Samuel to go and destroy the Amalekites because they, they were such wicked people that they attacked Israel as they were coming through the wilderness there, and uh, they had not been trained enough to really defeat them. Uh, and 
So it was a, a, a cowardice thing, that them attacking those that were coming behind on that procession of Israel going through the wilderness. And also it said they attacked those that were feeble. I have a little problem with that because I know that when <laughs> they left Egypt, there was no feeble one among them. But uh, time passes, and, and this was after they had failed to go into the promised land when God told them to. And so there was probably a change in their health when they disobeyed. That's true. Well, in our government today, they're trying to take all that away from the individual. Mm -hmm. They want to supply everything to them. Right. Yeah. We don't need to trust in God anymore because we no, we can trust in the government. That is so right. And then that's told that well, God's love, so if we would do that, He is love. But you cannot. You got to do it His way to get the good love. Otherwise, you're getting lust. Right. And as we said, in his love, he he gave most people a chance to repent if they wanted to, you know. Even in Jericho, we know that they had heard how God had brought them through the Red Sea, as we see the testimony of Rahab that lived there in, in Jericho. And I'm sure others there in Jericho had heard about the mighty power of the God of Israel, you know, and yet they refused to accept it and uh, they they thought they were just safe behind their own wall and nothing can happen to them yeah, they had locked their gates right nobody was coming in or going out right so they were fearful but they were going to be overrun they yeah they were fearful but they weren't faithful <laughs> I mean they didn't have faith that's for sure <laughs> yeah because uh, anyone could have got in Rahab's house there probably because all they had to do was be in her house and they would be spared and that's the way it is today you know you can be spared if you just get in the house of God or the the uh, under the protection of that scarlet cord which represents the blood the blood of Christ right same way when that last plague came to Egypt you know the Egyptians knew if they put the blood on their doors, they would be spared, but they didn't believe God, and they didn't put the blood on them, and so they lost their firstborn that night because it's only when he saw the blood would he pass over them. Right. And, uh, so anytime, and God's plainly stated in His Word that if we don't support Israel, if we don't pray for Israel, we're going to be in a heap of trouble. Right. And right now, and we've got people in there that want to completely annihilate Israel. Right. They want to support our enemies. Yeah. It, it addresses that in the prologue. 
But the rest of it, what made America is you and me praying right. and the, the awakening. Yes. So see, that's that's what we need right now. And that's what this is the history of when I was telling Robert about different ones. He said, that, I said, no, that's history. And it's miracles that occurred. Right. Do you mind if I take time to explain the, the I better get you on the, the air. French, the French were going to attack Boston, and it was uh, a scary time. And I've forgotten now which scripture it was that was there. But anyway, during that time, they had no protection against a Navy coming in and, and annihilating Boston. Yes. So the, the preacher at the time said, I'm going to declare a day of fasting and a day of prayer. So they did that. And then the day of the attack, I think it was, they all got together in the church. And they said it was a bluebird, beautiful day. They started praying, and while they were praying and together, hurricane force winds stirred up. They said the shutters on the church were beating. The bells started ringing. It, the Navy, French Navy, was in the harbor, wherever it was, and it sank. Their, it destroyed their Navy, killing the admiral that was there to do that. So that's how it was saved. And it, the, the scripture was the scripture that that man was praying. That's history. Right. That's that's not just me telling. It's documented history. That's. It didn't matter who the general was. However, it it was the predestination of God that Washington was the general. Because, right. yeah. and it tells the story about the Indian, the people that shot him and said it had to be divine intervention that turned the but that turned the bullets. So anyway, that's. Yeah, it's, it's called history. <laughs> it's called, it's 100 verses, huh, 100 Bible verses that made America. And when I get through I know when you. it's going to my grandkids because it's something like well, y'all's voice and all. Yeah. They need to know that. And right, today's, yeah. I, I posted it on Facebook. It was uh, where Patrick Henry says, give me liberty or give me death. And it was the sermon that was actually used with that and how that if we don't pray for liberty through Christ, mm. we're not going to have it. And that's, that's the thing. You have to have liberty right. through Christ. Can, can you take a picture of your book and post it on Facebook? I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Did you take that? Because I, 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 I have a friend, so be friends with Yahoo and did that. So you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know there was a lot of miracles that God performed during that Revolutionary War that established America. There was there was fog that came in, you know, that that uh, caused the British Army not to be able to see, you know, and different things that you could tell was a miracle of God. And and of course there was a storm over in Europe that destroyed the Spanish Armada, or else we would have had Spain instead of England, you know, over here. And uh, it's just amazing when you study history and and can notice how that God was behind that. And, of course, um, America at the beginning was a God-fearing nation, you know. And our, because the people were. Right, the people. That's what Mickey said. They weren't waiting on the government right. to declare their religion. Right. That's what we're not doing. No. Yeah. Uh, the. But anyway, uh, God doesn't like war, and uh, but some, sometimes that will happen because uh, James said, "Where do conflicts come from?" You know, because our own lust. You know, and 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 usually wars are are trying to. Uh, take over another land and things like that. But if it wasn't for the Revolutionary War, we wouldn't have our nation, America. And so there are good results of wars. And people will say, you know, in the Old Testament, God was more cruel than he is in the New Testament. Well, you read the end of the New Testament, which we don't have time to read. We know that when Jesus comes back, there's going to be peace on earth, but first there's going to be a great war. 
and he's going to fight it. Uh, he's going to destroy the wicked and the Antichrist with the sword of his mouth, which we know is the word of God. He just, he just has to, uh, I like the way the Left Behind series does, he just starts quoting the word, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and they start falling down dead, you know, because that's all he has to do is quote the word, and, and it will, but it will destroy all the wicked at that time. And uh, uh, so before there's really peace on earth, there's going to be a great battle that takes place. Well, we're out of time as usual. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate everyone coming out today. And uh, like I said, we, we didn't get into Matthew 24 there where Jesus said there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. A nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom because there's a kingdom that is behind every nation. So when a nation rises against a nation, it's really the kingdom of darkness rising against the kingdom of light many times. And uh, so um, that's why he said kingdom against kingdom as well as nation against nation. But he said that's going to happen before he comes back. <coughs> so anyway, it's, it's hard to explain, right, why, why God told them to destroy the men, women, and children, and animals, and all that, but he just wanted to keep Israel holy and not be defiled by their idolatrous ways. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that you love America and you love all nations, we know, but America and Israel has special place in your heart because they were both established of you, Lord, and we pray that you'll have mercy on our nation, Lord, and help America to turn back to God and not be influenced by the world and, and the socialism doctrine and all that and we pray that you'll be with us now as we go to the service to follow anoint every part of it lord and deal with hearts by your spirit in jesus name amen god bless you